This is a cinnamon game gardener. Dachshund. Diagonal, diagonal. My diagonal, diagonal. I don't know why. I'm, I'm t- <laughs> diagonal, diagonal. My diagonal. The reason, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, by the way. This is how, that's how we're going to start it? We start like that? We're starting it like that. Diagonal, diagonal. Mark diagonal. We are here. The reason I started like that is because I've, I've bumped... Well, I'll explain a little bit more how I know Mark after this intro bit, but I'm rubbish at p- pronouncing surnames. Like, you know how I trip up on words on this podcast. I'm rubbish. So I've just... I've had to, I had to YouTube... Oh, why am I explaining this? I had a YouTube mark <laughs> to see how someone pronounces his name, and I've just gone Diacono, Diacono, Diacono. Press, press the record button, and then that song come Diacono, Diacono, Mark Diacono. That song come out. So uh, there you go. That's how we're introing. <laughs> That's how we're introing this one. You're listening to Skinny Jingana podcast. Hit it. doing everyone welcome my name is lee Connolly. i hope you're all doing good hope you're enjoying the podcast i am so enjoying the guests we are having at the moment like we had a break in august nice little break and we just seem to be just kept back smashing it like smash like i cannot believe how much hey guys we're with hey guys i'm doing so well hello hi I'm doing fantastic, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and no ego at all with it, which is great. Uh, this week on the podcast, I'm actually... I've had this one in the bag for a while, guys. Mark Diakonal got him on the podcast. That should... Every time he goes on stage... if you, Mark, if you're listening to this, you want me to record that, then I can. Uh, we've got Mark Diacono on... I hope that is the right... That is the way he pronounces his surname, isn't it? I wanted to say Decano, but I'm, I'm very... I, welcome to Essex. Uh, Mark, how is, it, how is it now? Diakono, there we go. Mark Diakono on the podcast, everyone. So excited. I've, I have bumped into Mark a few times, maybe uh, mainly at Malvern, I bumped into him quite a bit. And he's always doing at the RHS shows the food stages, like at Hampton Court, Malvern. Uh, he's always, he also does uh, Tatten, I saw him in Tatten, and that's actually where I record this. I always bump into him, and I'm like, oh my goodness, Mark there. Uh, and we've not really conversed too much. Uh, and then at Tatten, I thought, you know what, I, I can't keep bumping into him and just doing small talk. We proper sat down and chatted such, I always knew he was a nice guy, right? I always knew he was a nice guy. But actually managing to actually have spend some time, because when you're at these shows, you know, you're running about, from especially Tatton, we're running around everywhere. Mark was always on that stage, absolutely smashing it. So, one of them people that can just stand and present on stage, just relaxed and not, like, not push, like, no, like, like effortlessly, effortlessly, effort. here we go. This is why I'm not, <laughs> this is why I'm not always hosting stages. I can't even get effortlessly out. Um... Just such a nice guy, do you know what I mean? So I was like, I messaged him before Tatton. I said, look, we're going to see each other. I'd love to get you on podcast, do you know what I mean? So 
So we did, and that's exactly what happened. So I'm really proud to be able to bring this uh, interview to you. From, again, such a great... You only get on this podcast if you're a nice guy. That's why David Donnelly's not on it. He doesn't listen, does he? Um, that was a little dick. I'm only messing. He's not going to come on, is he? <clears throat> I'm not doing him a song. He's not. I'm not doing him a Monty song. Forget it. Uh, such a nice guy. So I always love these interviews with nice people. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so look, I'm I'm just gonna just say, look, here it is. This is everything you need to know about Mark and and just how he got into this whole world of gardening. And he's got a new book out, which he mentions on this interview. So look, I'm just gonna let the interview do the talking. Enjoy, peeps. It's the garden chit chat. The garden chit chat. It's the the garden chit chat. The garden chit chat. It's the it's a garden chit chat. It's a garden chit chat. Chat 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 chat. The Garden Chit um, Thanks for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Um, it would be really good to know uh, like why you got into growing, like, is it like unusual things you, like, you really enjoy growing? Yeah, it's, well, it, it's kind of gone that way because, um, I mean, the way I got into it really was when I met my wife, um, she was totally into the garden, you know, and I was deeply attractive to her because I had a garden and she didn't. And, um, I thought, all right, if I want to spend any time with her, I'm going to have to, you know, do something outside, find some, you know, and, and, the, and, and sit in there listening to the football while she's gardening on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, you know, that's a perfectly nice way to spend your time. But, um, you know, I thought, oh, I'd better do something here. And I, I thought, well, you know, I'm a bloke. I better grow spuds. Right. Um, and I did, and it was great, and it, and it was all good and everything. But um, the sort of, the first lot of spuds was, was like a revelation, you know, best spuds I'd ever eaten. You know, first lot out of the ground, really beautiful, small, nutty, delicious salad spuds. Um, really good but the second lot was the jacket spuds you get anywhere and I thought hang on this 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 first lesson you know all all spuds aren't the same all varieties aren't the same so um I I, and and quite soon after that was another kind of thing where I was working with somebody um up in Suffolk and she said oh you know can I was staying at her place and she said you know um the mulberry trees in fruit you know you'd be we'll have some mulberries tonight and I was like yay is that great? Is that a good thing? Uh, I never had them, you know. And and um, I hate mulberries, and it's like, how how aren't we eating these, you know, three times a day as a matter of kind of national celebration? You know, the best fruit I'd ever had. Yeah. Um, and and that was another penny drop that the best fruit, the best food, isn't always what you can buy in the shops, you know. Um, and 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 I kind of got the bug really from there, and I just made a, I made a long list of all the things I wanted to eat. Right. Um, and then chipped out all the things that people grow perfectly well. Um, did a, I mean, I really didn't know what I was doing at this point, right? And, and, and I, then I knocked out all the things that I eventually found out wouldn't grow necessarily that well in this country. And I ended up with a list, three, three kind of mini lists, really. One was the kind of best of the familiar stuff, you know, asparagus and all those things that, you know, good chilies, good tomatoes and stuff that you really are such a difference if you grow them yourself. Um, and then a load of stuff that we'd forgotten about that, just what for one reason or another was not in the supermarket system and that wasn't grown commercially things like mulberries that are just incredible but way too delicate to get to you know into the shops yeah. um and then a whole load of stuff that was um maybe we would be able to grow in this country that climate change would that we're already committed to by having been um partying on old energy for so many decades um it, 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 it 
there wasn't that was the other list you know things like almonds peaches apricots pecans and and I just started planting stuff I mean it really I really did I genuinely didn't have a clue um, had you never got really done any gardening nothing at all no genuinely well. nothing no no really nothing nothing at all you know so um, maybe maybe um, I don't know 18 years ago or something 17 years ago um, that's when I started doing it so as a kid couldn't care less right. you know give me an ethics model and a football I'm happy for the rest of my life you know um, and it really was um, very much that meeting with the mulberry and, and my wife who, who kind of opened the door to the kind of places of gardening I thought it was a waste of time you know <laughs> I, I genuinely you know um, if Gardener's World happened to be on the telly on a Friday night you know channel hopping I remember really clearly thinking if I ever enjoy watching Gardener's World something really awful must have happened to, to me you know and of course now like every idiot I, I love watching it you know yeah. and I and get a lot from it and all of that so um, there was no great history of it it was it, I came at it very much from being a greedy sod who loves eating good food and realising that this is the only way to really get the best of everything is to grow it yourself um, and also get stuff off other good producers so that's totally how I got into it and now I spend my life doing it you know growing it cooking it writing about it photographing it what were you doing for a job at the time when you first started getting into it I used to, I had a, um, uh, a consultancy where I was um, advising local authorities and government agencies, but on a kind of national scale about um, managing the countryside. So, um, you know, we we did um, and, and the kind of collection of consultants I was working with, we would do something like we do the landscape assessment of Devon, Cornwall, Norfolk, Suffolk, that kind of thing. Um, identify all the kind of mini landscapes of which there were, I think there were 500 in Cornwall for example um, and to that we would attach all of these kind of um, uh, ways that we thought it was good to manage those particular parcels in such a way as to maintain the character of the countryside and maximise the kind of ecological benefits that were coming with that um, that might be everything from encouraging farmers to do certain things um, with a, whatever payments and um, to, to um, putting in kind of planning things that we thought were useful to encourage so that essentially to stop the countryside becoming one great swathe of very similar um, you know homogeneity which is of course the thing that's affecting our food our countryside all sorts of things um, so that's what I did which sounds related and I guess it is um, but it's uh, at a very different kind of scale you know and that was that was great I enjoyed it a lot mm-hmm. but and, and I never meant to give it up but um, I started writing a blog and I you know in 2002 um, and the writing just kind of took off and then I accidentally got involved with River Cottage a bit um, and then accidentally. Yeah, yeah no it, it really was it really was accidentally um, um, and met some very lovely people who are very good friends still you know um, and and there's still a connection there you know it's like the mafia you know you try to get out and they they pull you back in <laughs> uh, and you pull yourself you back in of course um, and it, and um, yeah, I, I, and that's it. You know, it, it kind of just had its own momentum after a while, you know, and I, and I really loved it, and I love the photography side, I love the writing side. And that's a great thing about a blog, I think, is that, you know, like podcasts, you know, you nobody's born great at this stuff. You know, you, you, it's a really good way of um, discovering and kind of evolving a, um, a, a way of communicating and how you feel about stuff and all of that kind of thing um, in a way you hope that other people enjoy. And then... You know, essentially, I learned how to write. I hope semi-interestingly, you know. Well, free free blogging. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally that. You know, in a way that I think podcasting isn't isn't an inferior thing to, you know, national radio or whatever, you know, or local radio or or television. But it's a really good 
tool for um, refining some kind of craft and kind of developing a, any kind of voice you might have because you don't have nobody else commissions you no, yeah. you know what I mean if you want to make a podcast you make one if you yeah. want to be on something you do it. same with a blog just write be crap it doesn't matter the, the important thing is that you have to press send at some point and it goes up and that's your deadline yeah. um, if you try and nurse that forever you'll never get any better you've just got to keep sending the stuff um, up and let it be let it be visible because um, that's the only thing that works you know same with podcasts you have to throw it out there at some point and hope people enjoy it you know? <laughs> that's true hopefully they do yeah yeah um, so literally it was just from so you started growing these things and yep. if all your books and stuff is all stuff that you've just learned along the way yeah yeah you know we, we have you done any, like courses or anything before no nothing not a sausage well, and, and, and um, we, we're, we're very lucky in that we're alive in, in the time when there's such easy communication you know um, I, I didn't. I, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I, I just made, like I say, I made a big list, and the stuff I knocked out of that list, I didn't know wouldn't grow in England. You know, pineapples take an awful lot of energy to get them to grow it. You know, so that came off the list. You know, I didn't know what I was doing, but that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with not knowing what you're doing because you, otherwise you end up spending your life on you know Groundhog Day just doing the same old thing. Yeah. Um, there are lots of interesting people around. We're in a lucky. Um, field of work in that people are you know as a rule I mean you know there's um, in, you know there's people who, who will disprove this all in every in every part of the world but um, we're in a lucky part in that people share they like to you know they're genuinely and generally sharers of what they know if other people are enthusiastic you know my job really I hope is to in, A have a good time myself doing what I do but B hopefully encourage and inspire other people to do something whether it's grow the most common potato or um, grow unusual stuff and I think um, there were a lot of people around who knew more stuff than me and, and you don't you know you don't end up stealing stuff but you end up going you know Martin Crawford in Cornwall I went uh, in Devon I went to see him in about 2003 and t- went to his forest garden and it totally changed um, how I grew stuff you know and, and, and people influence you all over you can't write a song if you've not heard the Beatles you know you can't it, it's, it, it's, it's just how it goes you know yeah, you put yeah, yourself yeah. out there there's lots of people around we're at the age of the internet you know even now people say to me what spacing do you use for broad beans I'm like you know what I don't, I, I don't want to retain that kind of information you know if you ask me to claw it out of my head I will but there's a small device I carry around in my pocket that I pretend's a phone yeah. um, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it isn't it does everything else I want in the world um and that, that's, that's the simple thing of it. You know, we're in a lucky time. We can, we can accumulate information that helps us to be creative really yeah. quickly. Marky, Marky. How do you say your surname? <laughs> oh, what are we doing? His name is Mark the Akino, the Akino, the Akino, His name is Mark the Akino, the Akino, the Akino, His name is Mark the Akino, the Akino, the Akino, His name is Mark the Akino, the Akino, most interesting thing that you've that you or most exciting thing that you've ever grown like what 
what is that one thing you think, well, that is pretty cool. Pretty cool. I think there are two things, I think. Might I two? Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great, Harry. Um, uh, the Szechuan pepper, I think, is the one that, because it, it's so pleasurable, you know. Um, you can't grow the familiar black pepper in this country. It's, we know it's, it's tropical and, and um, grows in Kerala mostly um, and all of that. But it's, um, you can grow Japanese Sancho pepper, uh, um, Nepalese pepper, and Szechuan pepper here. And growing that for the first time, picking your own pepper, yeah. you know, and the scent from the plant, the leaves, as well as the the, um, the the pepper itself, was just incredible. But I think, I you know, even maybe slightly weirder than that is um, pecans. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, and it came about accidentally. My my daughter, when she was dead young, you know, five six, we bought her a globe, and a friend of ours was. Um, just on the, he, he, he was from the states, but he was back in Seattle. He was skiing in Canada, and uh, we had got the globe out to see where Trent was. And I put my finger on it, and I said, "That's where that's where Trent is." And then I I did that, you know, kind of sweeping move with the globe, going, "Hang on a minute, we're on the same latitude." And he'd been talking about these pecans that were in the same area. And I thought, "Hang on a minute, can you? I wonder if we can grow pecans here because they're from the southern states, of, you know, from the river basins of the southern states of America." Um, and so I planted a load, and for about four or five years, um, it, it, they they um, they did nothing apart from throw down roots. Right. And I thought this is a waste of time. And then they suddenly went boom. And I remember streaming underneath them, um, and it was a hot day. And I sat down, leaning against this pecan tree, looking down the orchard. You know, and there's about forty of them. Uh, thinking, you know, I may be the first person in the history of the planet to be leaning against a, 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 the tr- tree trunk of a, of a pecan tree looking down looking down at a pecan orchard um, in England you know how weird is that and it, you know it's really odd and you think well that's nothing really to do with me it's to do with every single which is a lovely thing I think you can get from gardening is yeah. some connectivity to other people is it's to do with every one of those mildly inquisitive people who've taken a seedling from a, a pecan in the southern states and grown it 10 kilometres further north and then one's done well and someone's taken seedlings from that and in little increments it's found its way gradually gradually up to Canada and to yeah. our latitudes and it's growing happily there so it's great because you just feel like the, the latest guy with a baton you know what I mean and, and, and somebody else is going to do it in you know Somerset and the way it will go you know yeah. um, so that was pretty good because it just felt connected over time and people you know and what is, what, is there anything that you still want to grow have like mm. aims to grow that's a good point I, 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 there are, there's always something else you yeah. know um, there's always something else I would I, I would love I think I'd love to be able to get pomegranates to do alright here they need needs more heat than we've got but there are dwarf pomegranates that I've got tiny fruit on in the past has um, anyone ever grown them before? I don't know not that I'm aware of um, I would imagine you'd have to throw a lot of heat at them to do so but um, I want to try with these dwarf pomegranates again. See if I can get a bit of joy with them because they're small plants. You know, all, all these strange things. You must have like a big greenhouse that heats. No, all, all, every, everything, everything I've grown, I grow outside. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Everything's outside. Um, uh, that's that's all I've done. I, you know, I, I always have. I always plant one or two of things under cover as well for two reasons. One is. Um, you get fruit quicker yeah. um, which is quite nice because then you're figuring out which are the varieties if you haven't managed to be able to taste them which are the ones that are going to be really good to have also what you're going to do with them but you find out when they're going to, when it comes along all that kind of stuff um, which which is really good but also I think it's, it's, it's 
it's I, I don't I don't want to I want I want it to be part of the fun is to, I just you know I don't want to dedicate all my life to this I want to as in all my all my time you know I've got a family I want to spend time to, so I want it to be low energy outside I want it to be able to grow easily outside I don't want to spend my life watering things you know we can grow pretty much anything anywhere if you're going to throw a lot of energy at it yeah. you know you can grow whatever you like mangoes whatever here if you throw light and heat at it I don't want to do that yeah. um, I want it to be kind of a, a natural thing so um, that's where my line is you know and of course you come up with stuff that doesn't do as well as you'd like but if you're not getting some failures then you're not near enough the line you know you, you've got to push it some further you know because you're not near the line if you don't get any failures so yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how have you got that um, like uh, food garden crossover because you, you seem to be able to I see you at all sorts of shows doing both both sides of things so yeah. how do you I think it's like a, the cooking side in as well yeah I think it's a natural thing you know I think um, you know I'm convinced that most of the reason that people who grow things uh, tend to be known for that rather than cooking is because of ISBN numbers you know you, you're thrown you have to it's quite hard to write a book that's on the edge of both because publishers want to be able to throw it into gardening or into food and it's quite hard to throw it into both um, in the bookshops, you know, and, yeah. and that's quite a distinction. But um, whereas most people who do grow some of what they eat, obviously cook, yeah. you know, um, and I think that's naturally where we are. You know, we're, we're, we're humans. You know, we're kind of rounded. Um, you know, for the most part, we're rounded folk who can do a bit of everything. And I think maybe the thing for me is um, that I came to it from uh, being a greedy git. <laughs> you know, I didn't come at it from a horticultural point of view. Um, I was just someone who loved food, loves food, loves eating, loves cooking, all of that stuff, um, and and uh, I kept, that's that's what made me think I've got to grow this stuff because this is the only way. So I come at it that way, and I think that's that's maybe why I can do both. You know, I've got equal enthusiasm for, for both sides of it. You know? Yeah. Um, you, how many books have you wrote? There's a good question. Um, I've written three handbooks for River Cottage and co-authored another big book, their A to Z of um, ingredients. I wrote uh, Taste of the Unexpected was my first non-River Cottage book Year at Otter Farm um, uh, um, New Kitchen Garden I've just written one about all things sour um, so natural sours but also the souring skills you know like fermentation and, and, and sourdough and all that stuff um, that's out in September um, and I've co-authored and shot maybe another four or five books for other people you know I've photographed them so maybe I've written maybe nine well <laughs> uh, yeah nine maybe maybe ten um, and, and shot I do all the photography for my books um, and I've shot a few for other people too which I also love you know. yeah what, and what's the new, the new one about um, so sour yeah it's, it's really embracing because uh, sour is one of those flavours that I think we've lost touch with you know a little bit like bitter um, but it's so important to the enjoyment of um, of how we eat and uh, so it's a sort of celebration really of all things sour so it has all the all the natural sours you know from the obvious kind of citrus to the pomegranates and um, passion fruit all that kind of thing um, the souring that other other cultures use you know things like dried mango you know amateur powder um, in India is a very big kind of souring ingredient tamarind you know in curries all that kind of thing um, it's also got this souring skill so it'll teach you how to make sourdough uh, kombucha which is a kind of you know all the sour sour drinks you know the fermented drinks um, how to make all of the kind of sauerkrauts and kimchis and other kind of stuff like that um, 
acidic cheeses, how to make vinegars, but it's also how to use sourness to become a better cook. Um, so yeah, the ingredients is the really high thing in that. So that yeah, that's September, and that was a real real pleasure to make. Yeah. You know, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. In all good bookstores. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And it's got this lovely. I said to the book designer, I said, Matt. He, well, he said to me, "What about the cover?" And I said, "Well, I don't. What I, you know, do you want a picture of you doing something? Do you want a, 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 a food shot?" And I said, "No, I want something that from across the shop you'll go. Oh man, that's sour, you know, and something really bold." So he's come up with this kind of thing that's almost like a, a Mark Rothko image of you know brush strokes that are kind of lemon and lime coloured, and it's and and it. It weird, yeah. You look at it and it makes you salivate, you know. Um, and that's what I wanted. I wanted the book to say sour before you'd open the thing. Yeah. And he did such a beautiful job of it. And um, yeah, it was good fun. Um, final question is, what's next? Yeah, um, what's next? Very interesting question um, because I think um, the rest of the year really is given up to sour. So you know, I'm I'm doing lots of um, shows and food festivals um, other festivals you know good life experience all that kind of thing Abergavenny um, books signings and all of that kind of thing which would be a lot of fun next year I, I'm 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 one to myself you know because you, you make plans don't you and, and they, they they have a habit of um, doing what they like um, so I'm not sure there'll be another book because um, that's what I love doing um, going to be planting a lot of more things next year than I did this um, doing lots with the Archester which I really enjoy um, more of the same you know yeah. I keep thinking I ought to have a, uh, a more coherent strategy but every time I do that things hit you from the side in interesting ways of varying kinds and you end up doing something differently interesting so um, yeah there are plans um, you know more stuff to do with all of the nursery which we know we do seeds and plants and so on um, but they, yeah we can't even talk Oh well, you know that, that's it because um, it, it's I you know I think it, it kind of occurred to me way later than it would you know a sane person that if you're writing about all of these unusual things, why wouldn't you start to make them available to people? You know, um, so that's what I do. You know, at Otter Farm, um, we we um, uh, the nursery sells you know everything from the best of the familiar you know the really delicious varieties that I like to the the less familiar stuff like Japanese pepper and all that kind of you thing you buy plants and seeds yeah 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 yeah. Um, all online um, and, and, and you know that's great because then people don't have to go where do I get this stuff from you know so it's hey you can grow it yeah people don't have to like travel around trying to search out what you've wrote about exactly you know it's 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 that whole plot to plate thing you know it, 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 i think it's so important you know because so so often people want to grow stuff they grow it and then you go what the hell do i do with this you yeah. know um and there's and there are so you know to have somebody who can say hey here's some recipes here's some ways of using this you're, you're really actually going right from the seed all the way to yeah. the belly <laughs> yeah no totally yeah exactly that and i think that you know that that's what I do I think it's what most people do um, and we tend to specialise and that's really fine but um, I think that's you know that's how I am I want, you know because I, uh, I, I like I say I used to write about it where do I get the stuff okay um, I want to start a nursery and then um, you you, you um, do that and then people go well how do I use it and you know it's, it, it's just a natural progression all yeah. parts of the same thing so basically you're putting it out there so people stop asking you that's it so I get a bit of quieter life that's the plan yeah stop nagging me uh, yeah but I enjoy it that's, I enjoy every bit of it so yeah Thanks for being on the podcast. It's a total pleasure, Lee. Thank you for asking. That's great. Cheers. Cheers, Steve. Hello. The And there we have it, everyone. Do you know what? I would absolutely love to get Mark back on. And he's one of them guests. We're going to 
there's some guests that I don't really spend enough time with and I just feel like they deserve a lot more time and we just chat about other stuff as well so we may see Mark back on the podcast in the future it'd be fantastic to have him back but look while we're at it while you're here go check out his new book I think I've not actually I've not got it yet it's bad of me I'm gonna get it all right fine I'll buy fine I'll buy one but do you know what he's done, which is really fantastic, and it's such a great idea, is that he's put three different price tiers on the book. So it's affordable for everyone. That is such a great idea. It's uh, free for like schools, and and I can't really... Let me have it. Wait there. Wait there, guys. Marky, Marky. How do you say your surname? <laughs> Oh, what are we doing? Diakono, Diakono. His name's Mark Diakono, Diakono, Diakono. His name's Mark Diakono, Diakono, Diakono. His name's Mark Diakono, Diakono, Diakono. His name's Mark Diakono. It's named Diakono. Lovely. Here we go, here we go, right. If you go onto his website, yeah, there is three different prices. One is full price for those who can, uh, cost price for the low wage, and then free to charities uh, and other organisations, individuals. Uh, you've got to email with a bit of background, sure, but... That is so fantastic that he's getting a book out there. He just wants to get the info out there, which is fantastic. So it's affordable for absolutely everyone. Uh, go check it out. I will give it a review at some point, probably on the YouTube channel. Uh, I'm going to go and buy it right now. Uh, am I, I'm an organisation, so that sort of ticks a box, right? And I'm not organised at all, you're right. Uh, <laughs> go check it out. Go and uh, go and buy it, guys. It's a, it's a great book by a great person and I hope you agree let me know in the Twitter on the email wherever you want to get in contact uh, what you think about Mark also let him know that you've listened to him on the podcast that's always nice uh, and if you want go give it a five star review you know that's I mean you can say I always say review it but just make sure it's five star even if you think it's rubbish just make sure it's a five star because I don't know that's, that's what really matters isn't it that's the stars <clears throat> thank you so much for listening uh, much love to you your famo and uh, that garden I'll see you next week well, not li- I won't see you but you'll hear hear from hear from me Diagonal Migration
Dr.